I love this Christmassy time of year. Especially when everything is running happy and smooth like it is this season. Nothing like that year of the big snowstorms. I don't know what we would have done without Rudolph to pull us through. Anyway, hmm, Rudolph? Could it be that some of you are not acquainted with the story of Rudolph? Well, pull up an ice block and lend an ear. Trying to deny that Christmas specials are a part of the atmosphere of the holiday season itself is a foolish task. It really is. And the funny thing about those Christmas specials that we consume year in and year out is for that the most part, they were pretty much all produced around six decades ago. It's true. That that really speaks to their staying power, though. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, I mean how classic they are. Christmas songs in and of themselves, too. Like, mm-hmm. most of the ones that you hear, like, every year... It's like are old as fuck. How many new Christmas songs do they come up with? And most of the new ones are just covers. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm... Just think about, like, fucking Bing Crosby. Uh Uh-huh. You know? When you say Christmas song, that's pretty much the first name that pops to mind. It's like Bing Crosby, uh, Nat King Cole. Mm -hmm. You're like, okay. Even to a lesser extent, even, you know, Mariah Carey. Yes. Yes. I mean, that, she's got a huge association with Christmas. I would say that's like the mo- the newest yes. original Christmas thing. Yes. You know? Yes. You hear that? You're like, yes. You're like, all right. I'm like, yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah, Christmas, bitch. Mm, Christmas, motherfuckers. <laughs> Hell yeah, Christmas, bitch. That's just how it goes. Yes, it is. This is the story of those Christmas specials. This is Toys for Us. All of my best friends are toys. Oh, boy. All of my best friends are toys. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. All of my best friends are toys. Oh, boy. 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 Yes. Yes. <laughs> Welcome back to the Toys R Us podcast. My name is Richard Hunt, and with me as always is my cousin and co-host, Brian Muth. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas Eve, Brian. Merry Christmas Eve, Rick. And Merry Christmas Eve to you guys as well. Today's episode will be a long one, so bundle up, grab some eggnog. Some cookies. Add a little bit of something to that eggnog if you're of age. Throw another log on the fire. Oh. Roast them chestnuts. Mm. You know what I mean? Open up YouTube, put on Yule Log. Dude. Hmm? I'll do that right the fuck now. Hmm. I'll just sleep to it. It's classic. I mean... It's so good. It's, yeah, it really is. Like, if you get to a, a, a situation where... You'd become dependent on sleeping with some sort of noise, like a fan or something. Ding, ding, ding. Right here. That's me, baby. Yeah. You just put on a fucking fire log or something. Yeah. It's like, oh. it's like sounds like camping. You put it, especially like when it's cold as fuck out. Mm. You know, as it's prone to be around this time of year. Yes, it is. You throw a fucking blanket in the dryer. Mm-hmm. And then you go down to that cold-ass basement and grab that warm-ass blanket. And then go upstairs and put a fucking YouTube fire log on. And they're like, oh. That reminds me. We need to go get a new comforter. Mm. Yeah. Sometimes Rigby gets a little angry at me and he <laughs> decides to shred them. 
You know, as as doggos are prone to do. Yeah. That being said, are you bundled up and ready to roll on into the history of Christmas specials? I got my hot hands and my hot oh. apple cider right oh. here. Baby, apple cider? Mm. Mwah. Bellissima. Uh-huh, uh-huh. We start our tale in 1960. Hey, we meet up with two men, Arthur Rankin Jr., 36, mm-hmm. and Jules Bass, 25. They form a company called Videocraft International. Being massive fans of the work done by Art Clunky and his creations, Gumby and Davy and Goliath, oh, yeah. Rankin Bass set out to make their own mark. <laughs> Boy, did they. Oh, big time. Slap on the bass. Big time. Big time. In 1961, Videocraft introduced The New Adventures of Pinocchio, filmed with a process coined Animagic. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Their first venture into animation was a success, and they followed it up later that year with a hand-drawn outing, Tales of the Wizard of Oz. Okay. But we travel just three years later to December 6th, 1964. Have a and NBC, by means of General General Electric, who oddly enough went on to own NBC. Oh, that is weird. Yeah. Corporate synergy at its <laughs> finest. Obviously, you know. They commissioned our boys to do an animated special based on the song Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, which was based on a 1939 poem of the same name. Right. Romeo Muller, who had worked with Rankin and Bass earlier in the year on the follow-up to Tales of the Wizard of Oz, returned to Oz... Not not the live action. No! Fuck no! no. Uh, they were tasked to... Uh, or he was tasked to write the teleplay. Okay. Which, for Romeo, was not an easy task. Because, unfortunately for him, he was unable to find the original Rudolph book to base his teleplay on. Oh, shit. But in doing so, he ended up creating a brand new slew of memorable characters, including King Moonracer, mm-hmm. Clarice, yeah. Hermie, Yep. Yukon Cornelius. Yukon Cornelius. Sam the Snowman. Yep. The Head Elf and the Misfit Toys, which is a spotted elephant. Which, you know what? A spotted elephant just ended up becoming a heffalump. Oh, fuck. It's true. I never thought about that. Yeah. So, a spotted elephant, a bird that swims. So, a penguin? <laughs> Uh, a cowboy who rides an ostrich, uh, a train with square wheels on its caboose, two teddy bears, one on a bicycle and one with wings, a boat that doesn't float, a set of clown nesting dolls with a wind-up mouse as the last one, a water pistol that shoots jelly, which, you know what, if I got a water pistol that shoots jelly, I'd be fine. Dude, I'd be eating PB&Js all the time. Just be like... Because jelly would be understandable. Mm. Peanut butter you're not getting out of a gun. No. You could probably you could probably put peanut butter into like a cheese whiz can. Yeah. Mm. Actually that's pretty brilliant. That's a fucking That's a great idea. That's a game changer. Ah, pressurized peanut butter. Ooh. Now you know what? I went to the store the other day and mm-hmm. I thought about a big aspect of childhood that you don't really consider is weird until you think about it as an adult. What's that? Cheese and peanut butter crackers. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, you yeah. eat them as a kid, you're like, fuck yeah. Yeah. Give me those motherfuckers. Yeah. And then you grow up, and I, I'm looking at it like, that's an fuck odd combination. so much. Cheese and peanut butter crackers. Are like, you, 
It's going to sound strange, but you know what I feel the same way about mm. uh, Vienna sausages? Mm. Like, I used to love them when I was a kid, but now I, I look at them like, yes. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? Adversely, though, there's some things that just don't fucking ever stop being in the wheelhouse of deliciousness. Like, something, and it's a thing that, like, you don't often buy because you forget they exist. Like, fucking bagel dogs. Frosted animal crackers. Oh, dude. Yes. Yeah. The thing with those is that they're, they're like chocolate-covered cherries, mm-hmm. and that they're so fucking rich. And they really are. Like candy corn, right? Yeah. You can only eat a few before you start getting, like, that weird filmy thing mm-hmm. at the back of your throat, you're like... Like when you eat Captain Crunch? Yes. That weird... Yes. Now, Captain Crunch does never, has never fucking hurt the roof of my mouth. No. Which is everybody's, like, big concern, <laughs> but I do get that film. Yeah. And now you're like, oh. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's a strange thing, man. Yeah. Delicious. Yeah. But strange. I gotta get me a box of Oops All Berries. They'd be pooping green for days. Or Christmas Crunch. Yes. Dude, I love Christmas Crunch. Ugh. That's that, what that I love about it. from like October to like early January. Mm-hmm. Is like, you get the fucking Reese's Pumpkins. Yep. You get the uh, Captain Crunch Halloween cereal that turns yep. to milk green. Yeah. Then you transition into fucking... The Christmas tree Reese's mm-hmm. and the Christmas Crunch. And yep. you're like, yes, motherfucker. Yeah. Yes. And even like, you know, we'll take it a month back. We'll go September. Mm-hmm. We got fucking monster cereal. Oh, totally not yeah. holiday related, but or, oh. but really, if you think about it, like Halloween is like top of the roller coaster. Like that's when like this, the beginning of the end of the year starts. Yes. Is, yes. Uh, is Halloween. No, for me, when I see... When it's July and I'm like, I know Michaels has Halloween shit. Uh huh. Yeah. Go see it. Yeah. Then I'm like, like I yes. need it right now. And then you feel like, okay, a month from now, Spirit Halloween's back. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. Ugh. You know, it just happened, and I can't wait. I know. It's time, like mm. time. Time goes by so slowly. Mm. Yes. You know, I just like, and even as an adult, like. You become jaded and shit. Yeah. And you try to hide the fact that, like... I, that's, like, the premise of, like... My mom is obsessed with these fucking Hallmark movies that come oh, around God. this time of year. Okay, okay. That's, like, the premise of, like... 90% of the rom-coms is that the guy just, like... I don't like Christmas. Mm-hmm. And then the girl makes him love Christmas and yeah. fall in love. And it's like, dude... Even at my most cynical, I'm like... Okay, God damn it. Yeah, I'm fucking... <laughs> I'm singing along here, son of a bitch. Yeah, I know what you mean. You I know, feel like, the same way. You can have the heart of a cynic, but the heart of a child in you is always going to fucking take over. Yeah, especially when Christmas rolls it's around. Like, it's like autopilot for happiness. Even if, even if you don't <laughs> fucking want it, you're like... Yeah, it's oh, just like you're... Fuck. Try to listen to fucking a Carpenter's Christmas song. Oh. And not just fucking be filled with joy. Well, I get really sad because of Karen I do, Carpenter. Yes. The but whole Karen thing. Carpenter was a fucking angel. She really was. She was too good for this world. Oh yeah, and fuck Karen Carpenter's mom. Yeah, <laughs> big piece of shit. Me and my dad, we 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 love Karen Carpenter. We we think it's an absolute tragedy. I I cannot believe there's not been like a legitimate Karen Carpenter biopic. I know, right? You know. You know who would play a really good uh, young K- 
Karen Carpenter? Mm. Millie Bobby Brown. Ooh. Yeah. And maybe like the older version, Natalie Portman. Yes. Yeah. Or Kira Knightley. Or Kira Knightley. Yeah. Kira Knightley. Knightley has like the thinner face. She's got features, yeah, yeah. the leaner frame for it. Damn. Or fucking Alicia Vikander. Oh, yeah. Good call. Yeah. Oh, Bottom line is, make a fucking Karen Carpenter bio. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Somebody. Yeah. Make it happen, Hollywood. You guys yeah. are already churning out sequels and remakes. Make something, you know, decently original. Yeah. Yeah. Even have to get fucking Lady Gaga's ass in there as fucking uh, Karen Carpenter. Because I could see it. I could too. Yeah. She doesn't have the same voice, obviously. Mm-hmm. But. But I you know what? Gaga's got some decent range she actually oh, might yeah, be able she to has pipes dude yeah, oh, for God. sure she'd be able to fuck I, I, I love her voice dude easily like I don't know I'm not even afraid to admit it I no, love I, I love Lady Gaga I think she's fantastic Ooh, what about fucking Karen O that's Karen Carpenter <gasps> oh dude that is brilliant mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. she's got that same kind of unconventional attractiveness to yep. her yeah Obviously, she can handle the vocal. Range. Oh, absolutely, she can. Damn. Let's, let's just write a fucking screenplay. Let, let's let's do it. Let's, you know? let's let's write this in in our other spare time. <laughs> yeah. What's fucking spare yeah, time? Yeah. No shit, huh? <laughs> oh god. So yeah, all that from a pistol that shoots jelly. Yeah. Uh, a plane that can't fly, a toy car that drives only in reverse, hmm. and a scooter with two wheels in the front and one in the back, which. Don't they call those razors? <laughs> Don't they make uh, shit ton of cash off of those oh, now? Oh, yeah, dude. For sure. Oh, fuck me. Um, they had a Charlie in the box and a Dolly, which we'll talk about the Dolly uh, yes. a little bit later. Okay? Yes, yes. Uh, and Fireball, which is like Rudolph's like asshole little reindeer friend that like <laughs> flips on him immediately once people think that Rudolph is strange. What a fucking it's asshole. Like, wow, dude. What a great fucking friend you are. Yeah. We, we've all had that. Oh, we've definitely all had that fucking friend, dude. For sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, those characters, though, in and of themselves, became just as classic as old Rudolph himself. Absolutely. And what is funny to me is that, technically, in the canon of Rudolph, he is his father's boss. Oh, yeah, he totally is. Which has to sting a little bit for Donner. Sure. Because it's it, like... But good, man. too, because Donner's like... Donner was a no fucking son of asshole. Mine is gonna be a fucking weirdo. Yeah, like, he's some kind of freak. Oh, yeah, fuck dude. you, dude. He's also your boss now. So yeah, sit the so fuck down. Stay in your fucking lane. <laughs> stay in your Nathan lane. <laughs> oh dear, I pierced the toast. Oh my god. Uh. The special proved to be a massive success for NBC, General Electric, and the future Rankin Bass. And even to this day, it is played around Christmas time. Like, and rightfully so. I mean, yes. it's glorious. The rights to the special itself has bounced around from place to place. NBC, CBS, and to present day DreamWorks. Really? Which has to fucking stink for Disney. Yeah, it does. Pretty good, you know? I mean, fuck. Disney owns everything. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Uh, the coolest thing about the whole process Rankin Bass perfected, the Animagic, mm-hmm. is that all of the specials were filmed in Japan. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, using Japanese puppeteers that worked day in and day out to make the perfect Christmas special. Boy, did they outdo themselves. Big time, dude. Uh, a special that Rankin Bass had no clue would become the phenomenon it became. 
to the point that they didn't even bother keeping a massive chunk of the original puppets. Which is a tragedy. Yeah. There As a still, collector. There's still a few sets that exist, but they remain in display cases, and like they usually do like tours, so mm-hmm. they'll bring them out, which would be something cool to fucking see. Yeah, it would. I mean, to see the OG, the real things used, and the things yeah. that we've seen our entire lives, yeah. that's... That's just like when they found a suitcase full of shit from Labyrinth. Oh, yeah. That was like, it's so deteriorated and yeah. shit. Yeah. It's like, ooh. It's like, ooh, it's like melted Muppets. Oh, God. Melted Muppets will make a nightmare true. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, after the success of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Rankin Bass had found that they had struck proverbial oil. They have 18 Rankin and Bass uh, sanctioned Christmas specials. Boom. You were thought of Santa Claus. Santa Claus is coming to town and Jack Frost. And the one that stands out to me is the Leprechaun's Christmas Gold. Which, oh, fuck. fun fact about myself, I had completely fucking repressed Leprechaun's Christmas Gold. Rightfully so. Because my mom made me watch it as a child and that was probably the first jump scare I had ever encountered. <laughs> and like, I'll put on the social medias like exactly why the fuck it was a jump scare mm-hmm. because it was. And that's all you need to fucking know. I can tell you exactly the first jump scare I ever saw. Ooh, do tell. Large Marge. Uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yeah, dude. Easily. Yep. Easily. Yep. Just like, oh, okay. Psycho, fuck. And then you just get later on in your childhood an entire book of fucking jump scares with the uh, scary, scary stories from the dark. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, okay. No, we're not Classic. Do yeah. Uh, from there, we move on from Rankin Bass and head to 1965. This time around, we meet the creation of one Charles M. Schultz. Ooh, I know where this is going. You see, five years into the 60s, Schultz's Peanuts comic strip was proving to be quite successful. And not too unlike Rankin Bass, Schultz was commissioned to create a Christmas special. This time around, it was Atlanta-based Coca-Cola at the helm. Ooh. Which was a bit of a godsend for the Peanuts crew, because it, despite its rampant popularity, various various television networks repeatedly passed on developing a Peanuts animated show. And see, and that boggles my mind, because it was just like, everybody was, you know, fighting over the rights for that yeah. forever. I think yeah. it's like NBC this now, but... yeah. But it's like, think about, think about everybody that passed on, like, Star Wars toys. Yeah. That Looking at you, Mego. Fucking kick themselves. They're like, mm. oh, no. What did yeah, we dude. do? Yeah. Fucking dumb. Yeah. In April of 1965, Charlie Brown, Snoopy, Linus, Schroeder, and Lucy appeared on the cover of Time Magazine. And while it's not been confirmed, odds are that this led Coca-Cola to reach out to them. The commission project was set for an early December release with... $96,000 budget. Fuck. Which with inflation is around $767,000. Holy shit. Yeah. Giving Schultz and the peanut gallery just six months to get their shit together. Yeah, but with that kind of bucks, yeah. man. <laughs> that's, that's like being handed a blank check and be like, nice go to town, point. dudes. Yeah. Uh, which for Charles Schultz himself was not an issue, as it has been stated that his ideas flowed nonstop. I can see that. Yeah. I mean, he's obviously a creative dude. Very. Uh, The rough outline, which didn't meet any sort of major or even minor changes, was laid out as such. Winter scenes, a school play, 
a scene to be read from the Bible, and a soundtrack combining jazz and traditional music, which is a mirror a- image of what actually happens in the special. That's true. Lee Mendelson, who was a TV producer that from the jump had faith in Peanuts, came along from the ride with Charles, and the two worked hard to create what eventually became a Charlie Brown Christmas. A few ideas Mendelssohn had were nixed immediately, one of which was a laugh track to be inserted throughout yeah. the, the duration of the special, which... That's a terrible idea. You yeah, know, absolutely. Like, you don't fucking need Because it. with the emotional impact of... And it's heavy. Like, it's it is. You're like, oh. You're just well, like, goddamn. well, fuck. Yeah. Um, Schultz insisted that a crowd should not be given clues as to when to laugh, that the laughter should be natural. Agreed. Uh, one of Mendelssohn's ideas came after a night with his family reading the Hans Christian Andersen story, The Fir Tree. That night led to the droopy but spirit-filled tree, <laughs> uh, tree in A Charlie Brown Christmas. Yeah. The team hired the Vince Garoli trio to do the music after Mendelssohn had heard them performing jazz on the radio a few weeks prior to putting the Christmas special together. Which is something that could only happen in like the like that's I exactly like the 40s what I was thinking. To like the mid sixties, yeah. Where you hear somebody and you're like, "Get me hey, that guy. Those boys are tops. Bring them on in. You know, get them in the studio. I don't care what it takes. Bring me pictures of Spider Man. <laughs> yes, J. Jonah Jameson. That's exactly fucking what it was too. Um, a children's choir from St. Paul's Episcopal Church in San Rafael, California, joined in with okay. the Squirrelly Trio. Uh, which, it's crazy because, you know, they recorded it in California, which has got to fucking suck. To <laughs> Do live they in a even place, have snow there? To live in a place where it's just summer all year long, man. Yeah. Like, you get to appreciate seasons. Yeah. Pretty much... Anywhere other than the south or fucking, like, the far, like, west, west coast. coast. Like, I like, you know, a lot of people will dig on, you know, the Chicago area mm-hmm. and bag on it. But you know what? I'd There's nowhere else I'd yeah. rather live. No. We got great food. We got seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got a lot of violence. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But, you know, we were a city built... Basically by the fucking mafia. Yeah, it's true. You know, so I it's kind of like, eh. Also, we have Candyman, so you know what? Yeah. Don't fuck around. Yeah. Don't fuck around. With the Midwest in general, don't fuck around. Yeah. Think about how many serial killers are from the Midwest. It's, it's, it's true. You know, you're I like, mean, a vast majority of them. Oh. Even like the like one of the worst of the worst. You yeah. know, you got uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. You and got John, John Wayne Gacy. Edmund Kemper. Ed uh-huh. Gein. Ed Gein. Yeah, Minnesota represent. Fucking, it's just like, Jesus Christ, dude, if you're coming to the Midwest, <laughs> this, yeah. just soaked in blood. Yes. Yes, we are. The fields are soaked in blood. Yeah. Mm. Fucked up. There's That's more than corn in Indiana, folks. There's children of the corn. There's children of the corn. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because, like, you know, I could just, I, I could not imagine it being 80 or 90 degrees on, like, Christmas and Christmas Eve. There was, uh, it was a year that I was in high school mm-hmm. that Christmas Eve, it was 70 and sunny, <laughs> but it was like snowing the fucking next morning. I have no idea what was going on. That's what, it's Midwest weather, dude. You know? Exactly. That's, that's, you know, it's kind of like playing Russian roulette with the weather. It's fun. 
it is, you know? I'm going to need a coat today or I'm going to need shorts. Huh. Am I going to need both? Well, you know what? I'm a big guy, dude. I'll wear shorts oh, well dude. into fucking January dude, and February when same. I'm like negative degrees out. Same. My legs don't get cold, okay? Nope. Don't sure hate. don't. I, I got silent Bob syndrome. You know, I'll wear a long <laughs> coat and I'll wear my fucking shorts. That's it. That's exactly fucking it. Yeah. Uh, back to the point, though. Sorry about that. Uh, the finished product landed on the desk of CBS 10 days before the December 6, 1965 release date. Damn. Which, a, a weird thing that I learned was that the Christmas special for Peanuts was a lead-in into the episode of The Monsters. <laughs> That's such an odd thing to have as a lead-in. Yes. That's just like, technically speaking, the Adam's Family movie is a Christmas movie. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. Because it starts with a Christmas carol. Yes, so it does. it's technically a Christmas movie. And that's a classic, too. Oh. Fucking big time. Yeah. What a fucking kick-ass cast. Oh, man. Movie. There was Raul. never... Raul Julia as, as fucking Gomez, Gomez was, like, inspired casting. So goddamn good. Like, everybody was so perfectly cast. Yeah, Angelica Houston, His fucking Christina Ricci. It's dude. Like, dude. And even in the fucking second one. Yeah. Uh, John Cusack. Ah, yeah. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Hell fucking yes. Christopher Lloyd as Uncle Fester. Dude. dude. If you would have told chameleon. me <laughs> that, un- that he would be a great Uncle Fester, I would have called like, bullshit. Huh? Yeah. Like, no way. Yeah. And then you see it. And, and then like, it's like, well, fuck. That's it's like, perfect. That's like, yeah, we're casting Christian Bale as Dick Cheney. You're yeah, like, it's like, wait, what? What the fuck? Oh. And then you see it and you're like, oh. It's like, the guy's a chameleon. Okay, then. He's clearly a master of his craft. Yes, indeed. Um, since its inception, A Charlie Brown Christmas has gotten plenty of acclaim including an Emmy, a spot in the Grammy Hall of Fame, and a spot in the National Recording Registry in the Library of Congress. There's no absolutely no denying the impact a Charlie Brown Christmas had. Yeah. Uh, at the time of this recording, I'm, at, I'm working at Bed Bath & Beyond, and like, the instant we get anything Christmas peanuts mm-hmm. related, it's fucking gone. Oh, I'm sure. Like, it's in and out the door Just so fucking fast. Like, there's a waiting list. Huh. And they only send a certain amount. Sure. Because, like... That you have to get in there and get it. You know? Right. Uh, and we will end this first Christmas special special with everyone's first furry. The Grinch. Oh. Yeah. It's one year later, 1966. And we meet up with Chuck Jones of Looney Tunes. Oh. Uh, and Ted Giesel, a.k.a. Dr. Seuss. Dr. Seuss. Who, while a big part of many people's childhoods is going to be the first inductee of what I like to call the Toys R Us Shitbag Hall of Fame. The Shitbag Hall of Fame. Yes. Let me go ahead and just uh, give you some things here about (laughs) old Teddy Boy. Uh, Oh, Doc. Uh, He is a huge racist. Yep. And like uh, the prototype for fuckboy behavior. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Most notably, he cheated on his wife. Who was... His wife had cancer. Yep. And he cheated on his wife with her best friend. Yeah. Uh, when she found all this out, she wrote him a note, killed herself, and then a year later, he married the mistress. Ain't that some shit? What a fucking shit. <laughs> fucking asshole. 
Man. Shit burn. (laughs) We need to get stampers made up. We do. Like the uh, shit bag. Like back in the day on the uh, Conan O'Brien, where he had the ass stamp. Yeah. Ass. You know? (laughs) Shit bag. It's just like, come on, man. Uh, I'll post some of the like the racist propaganda he was responsible oh, for. Oh yeah, it was bad. Oh, and he also only got into making children's books so he can uh, get laid. No, it was a caveat to draw naked women uh, in like completely unrelated books. They're like, yeah, you could do this, but you have to write. But you have to do this too. first. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So CBS, who seemed to be the king of holiday programs in the '60s was the original distributor of How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Okay. A project which was funded by the Foundation for Full-Service Banks. As opposed to not full-service banks? Right. What does that even fucking mean? I have no idea. This is like a full-service gas station? Yeah, do do you gotta put your own money in the vault? (laughs) Yeah, you gotta go to the vault uh, inside by yourself? I mean, I don't understand. Uh, Those, the ads for that company were later omitted from the broadcast and distributed as as distribution rights changed hands, you know, because mm-hmm. they're prone to do that. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're still, we're looking like 40 some odd years now, later. Now look, think about the budget of $767,000 modern day, mm-hmm. inflation wise, for Peanuts. Yeah. The budget in 1966 for How the Grinch Stole Christmas yeah. was $350,000. Holy fuck. Which, with inflation, is nearly $3 million. That's quite a budget. Yes. That's a mean one. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, it was a cart- It was the cartoon special that gave the Grinch his shade of green, as the book he left from was in black and white. Oh. You know, like he was kind of yeah. like ambiguously colored, like a gray or blackish, right. but it's like they decided to make him green. Which, I mean, hell. It's a good, good. Yeah, it's stuck. Good call. Uh, and they had to add additional scenes like the Grinch and Max, his dog sidekick, making their trek down to Whoville. Right. The story was narrated by Boris Karloff. Yes, the Boris yes. Karloff. And the flagship song, You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch, was sung by none other than Tony the Tiger himself, Thurl Ravenscroft. Which is like the most Halloween name ever. <laughs> Thurl Ravenscroft. <laughs> Just saying, like the Resident Evil voice, Thurl Ravenscroft. Amazing, two. <laughs> so fucking good. Um, and the Grinch has proved himself a sta- a staying force. Um, with a sequel, Halloween is Grinch Night. Ooh, a live action remake in two thousand, starring Jim Carrey. Yep. Which, Which is terrifying for its own you, reasons. Okay. There was a PlayStation game that tied in with How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Oh, man. Okay. Now. It was one of those horrible tie-in games, wasn't it? It was. It was kind of like Metal Gear Solid in the sense that you had to play did stealthily. You, did you have to sneak around as the Grinch? Yeah, in Whoville. Now, <laughs> you never got caught by adults. No. You only got caught by children. Oh. Which would not be a problem if not for the fact that when the children caught you, they put their arms around your waist. Uh-oh. With, like, their head facing your crotch. Oh, Jesus. And they shook you violently and said, hey, who are you? Big Daddy. Big Daddy? Are you serious, Big Daddy? Big Daddy. Hey, who are you, Big Daddy? <laughs> 
It's like, I want to be a fly on the wall on whoever designed that fucking game. Like, I want to sit in on the recording sessions for that. Oh, it's like, yeah, dude. No, no, give, give it give it a little bit more seduction. What is seduction? What seduction mean? Oh, um, it means when a mommy and a daddy love each other. Uh, wait, is wait, that, no, no, no. Is that when they special hug? Yes, yes. Make it make oh. them sound like they're special hugging. Get over here, bitch! Like that? <laughs> uh, let's let's swap out the bitch for Big Daddy. Can you give me a take with Big Daddy? Get over here, Big Daddy! Uh, a little deeper. Can you give me a, a little deeper? Get over here, Big Daddy! A little bit more forceful. Get over here, Big Daddy! Perfect! Yay! <laughs> Here's some candy, kid. Get out of here. Okay, bye! Just like, why? Why is that a decision that had to have been made? Big Daddy. Big Daddy. I don't fucking get it. Uh, And just last month, they put out uh, another remake starring Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, cool. But, I mean, I'm here and it's not tracking that well. Oh. Yeah. They they made, like, they tried to make it, like, one of these, like, meme fucking, uh... Movies. Oh, no. Like, it's too meme-based. Okay. It's like, come on, dude. Uh, it's like the Steve Buscemi, like, what's up, fellow kids? Yeah. It's like, come on. Time and place here, bud. Yeah. I'm sorry, Bandersnatch Cumberbund. <laughs> and they put Brockhampton in it, which... Brockhampton is... Unless you know who Brockhampton is, you don't know who Brockhampton is. Yeah, I don't know it's, who Brockhampton is. It's a modern-day boy band, but they... They're, like, heavily rap-influenced. Oh, really? And they put a song in there by them called Boogie. And it's just like, mm, you're like, nah, no. Nah. Please stop. See, Brockhampton sounds like a wrestling name. Yeah, no, Brockhampton is definitely not a wrestler. Break that from the chiropractor. Come on down, you know I gotcha. Real shit feeling saturated. Real life is my fuck the haters. And that brings us to the end of this year's Christmas special special. We tackled the big three. Rudolph, Charlie Brown, and the Grinch. But there are many more, and we have plenty of time for that. You bet we do. You know who else we have time for? Ooh! It's Facty. The Fact in the Box. The Fact in the Box. The voice actors for Hermie and Rudolph, later in their lives, ended up living in the same retirement home. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. That is. Uh, with the purchase of General Electric's appliances, they threw in a copy of the soundtrack to Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Oh, that's brilliant. Hell yes it is. Dude. Because that's just like a perk, you know? Yeah. Because like, that's one of those things, like, if you need to buy a fucking... Uh, an appliance, like a dishwasher or a fridge or something. That's something right. you need immediately, you know? Right. That's not something you want to wait on. Um, Charles Schultz hated jazz. Did he really? Which is so funny given how, like, jazz-heavy a Peanuts Christmas special is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a Charlie Brown Christmas is the second longest... Longest? Longest? London, London, London. A Charlie Brown yeah. Christmas is the second longest-running Christmas special. 
bonus fact, Rudolph is number one. That makes sense. Uh, Eddie Murphy and Jack Nicholson were both considered for the live-action Grinch movie. That would have been terrifying. I feel like they just went Nicholson for his smile. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, I could see that. Like, I can definitely see it, but it's still terrifying. Boris Karloff had a very proper replacement for the narration of the live-action Grinch. Yeah. And that was Sir Anthony Hopkins. Ooh. Yes. That's okay. That that's I'm totally fine with oh. that. A plus actor. Definitely. So damn good. And once again, we find ourselves at the end, a little wiser and a little bit more appreciative for, you know, the Christmas gifts that were given to us for free, basically, you know? Yeah. You were plopped down in front of that TV, but yeah. you're not going to mind because mm-hmm. it was amazing. Because it's so good. It blew your little mind, you know? Yep. Uh, if you like what you heard and you'd like to continue learning, you can support us in a few ways. You can leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes slash Apple Podcast. Which would be awesome. It, that would be a great present to us. That would be a, the best Christmas present you could give us. Uh, you could nab yourself a producer credit by coming by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash Toys R Us Podcast. We have several tiers starting at $3. If you want to stock our stuffings with Patreon, that'd there be you awesome go. too. There you go. And you could follow us at uh, Toys R Us Podcast across all social media. Perfect. We post many times a day. Oh, yes. Uh, until next time, remember to love each other this holiday season because... That's the real reason for the season. That's right. And remember, you will always be a Toys R Us kid. I'll tell you, Max, I don't know why I ever leave this place. I've got all the company I need right here. Hello! Hello! How are you? How are you? I asked you first. I asked you first. Oh, that's really mature, saying exactly what I can. I'm an idiot! You're an idiot! idiot. Alright, bye. I'm not talking to you anymore. In fact, I'm going to whisper so that by the time my voice reverberates off the wall.